1969, what was removed when the illusions and what was removed when the illusions involving the specter's head was not convincing enough. The Haunted Mansion was part of Walt Disney World Magic Kingdom for the day it opened in 1971. Hello and welcome to F Yeah Disney. We're your hosts, Julie and Jason. And we are here to give you an unfiltered view of all things Disney. We'll be covering events, news, history, food, and so much more. So strap on your ears, grab a churro, and enjoy today's episode of F, F Yeah, yeah Disney. Disney. happening welcome to episode eight of fbi disney we're super stoked to be back here as julie and i are recording in the same room together it's very odd and strange for the two of us as we uh we actually joked about turning on skype and uh just for nostalgic reasons which would be completely stupid but anyways we're just stoked <laughs> to be back on the air talking disney and uh cussing at you at the same time so what's up miss julie how you doing damn it i so was trying to throw that at your head tossing uh, candy at my face Oh, you know, just throwing lobsters at you. Yeah. How's it feel to be in Florida? It's amazing. Get it's really hot. I think that I have lost more in sweat than I've intake in liquid. As water-wise? Water-wise. Water <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had plenty of milk and lots of wine. Yeah. But not so much water. No, I've been doing a pretty good job drinking water. Getting uh, introduced to Florida, we got down. It took us about twenty-four hours to drive from Massachusetts all the way through. Because Jason had to pee a lot. Yeah, and we also stopped for pizza. We stopped at uh, Tony Bologna's in Jersey, and that was my first time going through Manhattan, which was pretty cool. And being in Jersey, that in that area of Jersey, at least, it was like sort of going through Manhattan. Yeah, I got. It was like the tiniest portion of Manhattan you could ever possibly drive through. Yeah, thank God though, because we're towing a trailer. That would have been awkward. Yeah, it would have been. But we had a fun adventure getting down here to Florida and uh, stoked to have her down here finally. Her and I are now together. And uh, we have not really missed a beat with where we left off at on the last episode as all of our adventures at Disney have now been happening together. And uh, today we're going to be talking about some Haunted Mansion stuff, which we had talked about previously. Uh, we initially were going to do a bonus episode, but because it's taken us so damn long to get this fucking episode recorded. <laughs> this, is, this is just an episode that's missing some parts. Yeah, so we're just going to... Uh, basically, this episode will not have our This Day in Disney or our What the Forky Foods and the uh, To Infinity and Beyond segments. We're just going to kind of have a Haunted Mansion talk, uh, talk about our experiences in Batu and Galaxy's Edge. We're just going to talk words out of our faces to your faces. Yeah. Or ears. Yeah, their ears. Well, I mean, your ears are on your face. No. Sides of head. 
is a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine, <laughs> like right here. Yeah. Right what? What? <laughs> 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 uh, hilarious. So yeah. So anyways, we're gonna keep rambling here. But uh, Sally Pants is recording with us too. Oh yeah, we got Sally sweating. Might hear her uh, panting at us in the background. But Julia yesterday had the opportunity to go to the uh, Pandora and what is that place? Endor? No. Uh, where the hell's Frozen from? Arendelle? Arendelle? Yeah, there you go. They had the Arendelle Blue uh, Festive Aqua, Aqua Blue wow, dude. kickoff thing. I didn't go. So this is why I'm talking about it, not Jason. <laughs> <laughs> so she's going to fill us in on her experience with that some of the stuff that she got and uh we're doing a giveaway which will be actually have ended <laughs> we did a giveaway yeah we did a giveaway <laughs> she got a little exclusive pin that was uh being there available for purchase and as officially as this recording now the day basically congratulations after, to the winner yeah and two days after she went to this event disney officially released all the stuff to the public they basically wanted all the social media people to come in there and blow it up. So I'm sure a lot of you have seen all of the uh, social media peoples, including us, talking about the uh, blue. But anyways, I'm going to stop rambling about it. How about you tell us Whoa. what your experience was, Julie? <laughs> How was it waiting in line with all the other Disney freaks waiting to get in there and get their hands on some blue stuff? I mean, is there time left for me to talk? We got plenty of time. <laughs> uh, all right. So this event was actually really cool. So it was a pass holder event so it was vip access to the new arendelle aqua line that disney released which is based on frozen and it's like the prettiest color in the entire world i mean minus purple and it was actually really cool because it was my first like pass holder event that i got to experience and i was not expecting any of it it was really cool so I was expecting to get there and like pop in and grab some stuff and then do my thing. And then I get there and there's all these little like pylons flagging event check-in significantly far away from where the event was taking place. And apparently I got there early enough that I did not have to wait that far away, but I guess the line got pretty long. Where was the event uh, being held? It was in... Future World West, right next to Flavors from Fire, where they used to have the light lab. So, like, in the hallway where they used to have the light lab. Yeah, so basically behind where the old character meet and greet was with Mickey and Minnie and all them. Kind of behind the, the Coca-Cola Cool, all that stuff wedged in that hallway. And a fun little side note fact is initially when that was developed, those buildings, those giant... Fun little side note fact. Yeah, is those high ceilings that are in there are high ceilings because they were going to initially put a people mover if, in that part of Epcot that would go have gone through the upper part of the second story of those buildings because uh, they have a whole area that's their, like their Communicore computer situation that is uh, an underground space that there's a small elevator that's actually inside the mirror dome round cylinder thing that underneath the face of Earth that's actually an elevator inside there. That is not round. Uh, the dexagonal, hexagonal, whatever the hell that shape is. I don't know what the fuck it is. It's a lot of sides. It's a, it's not a round cylinder. <laughs> but uh, anyways. It's the uh, one-eyed, one-horn flying purple people mover. Yes, exactly. So that's like a little side note. I think it was interesting that I heard about that. I thought I'd share. That is really cool. So anyways, back to you. So you. Uh, cool. So I hopped yeah. in line. Yep. Got line. And it was hot. And I was not prepared. 
mm-hmm. I think. No, I was wearing my one little spice shirt. I thought I was wearing this, but I was wearing something different. But that was pretty cool because I wore one of my podcast t-shirts. Mm-hmm. And got to throw a lot of pictures and stuff out there, which I'm sure you all saw of the event. And it was really cool. And I finally got into the air conditioning. And there was still a crazy long line. But they had Daisy in her little Arendelle outfit, which was so cute. And I got a picture with her. That was super awesome. So the way they work it is you walked in on one side, waited in line, and then the shop was on the other side. And you could actually go in and grab whatever you wanted. And then there was another line to get into to pay. So it was actually super organized. I mean, it's Disney. Of course, it was super organized. Yeah. But they had all sorts of amazing stuff. So my favorite thing, and I'm ashamed to say it, was those sparkly Crocs. They were pretty cute. They were amazing. They made me want to buy Crocs. Yeah. I don't want to buy Crocs, but they were super cute. Um, what was really awesome, too, is they had food and stuff that you could go to to celebrate with after. So I did a whole bunch of that, obviously, because, you know, I have a food podcast outside of this as well. But the ears are amazing. And I'm pretty sure I begged to be able to get a pair. Uh, no, it was a pretty easy ask. It was it was like a <laughs> simple question. I was like, hey, can I get a pair of these ears? And he was like, yeah. Even like before, I was like, please. Yeah. <laughs> but I said, please, anyway. Yeah, they're pretty cool. And they're nice because it's uh, it's the uh, the aqua blue, but it's also got some silver sequins in it. So it kind of gives it that yeah, so icy kind of look. I mean, the, the best way I can describe them is the happy birthday ears that they have. The way the sequence is on those in the different colors it's mm-hmm. like that but like a shiny aqua a more matte aqua and then the silver all together they're really 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 pretty and then they had the spirit jersey of course which they also have released one in disneyland okay which is very nice and then they had a cute little purse mm-hmm Super cute. And my favorite is actually this sweatshirt. Yeah, I like that sweatshirt a lot. It's going to be weird getting used to not wearing hoods on my sweatshirts, but I don't need them in Florida. But the, the No, bullshit, because my favorite weather in Florida is hoodie weather. You We get hoodie weather in Florida? Yes. It's exciting. I have lots of hoodies I want to wear. I, I actually <gasps> found the cutest hoodie ever, and it's like a fall hoodie, and it's plaid, and it's magical, and I want to buy it. But I wasn't sure if I would ever have the chance to wear it down here. Oh, yeah. I mean, for me, we have hoodie weather. If it's like 65 degrees out, I'm wearing... Oh, God, I'm in, like, shorts and, like, no top because it's too hot. Although, I mean, now that I'm getting used to this ridiculous heat. (coughs) Yeah, your blood's going to thin out 65 might be cold. And when I go home for Christmas, it's going to be, like, so many layers, and I'm still going to be shivering. It should be interesting. Yeah, I'm excited for you. Anyway, so this sweatshirt is super cute. It has... Little classic Mickey on it, and he is—is is he silver or is he the Arendelle Aqua, or is the shirt Arendelle Aqua? It's really the, hard talking about this because I'm colorblind. <laughs> I can't yeah. know what any of these colors are. Yeah, he's Aqua, and then his shoes have, uh, and his pants have the silver in it. Oh, okay, I see it now. Um, but then the shirt—is the shirt like a light Aqua? Yeah, exactly. Okay, and maybe like a almost like a gray, gray Aqua, light, light gray Aqua. You're just making everything so much more confusing for me thank you and then it says walt disney world down the sleeve it's super super cute and then they had the awesome tumblers that were super sparkly Mm -hmm. and they had this kind of i don't want to say frumpy looking t-shirt but that's all i thought of 
Is it one um, of those like dress dress shirts you can wear as a dress? No, definitely not. Have your ass hanging out the bottom of it? No, it's just a wide. You can wear it for a dress though. Have your ass hanging out the bottom of it. I would not complain. I'm sure I would get kicked out of Disney. Well, I'm not saying at Disney. I'm saying, yeah. Um, but no, it's like a very like loose fitting T-shirt with a glittery Mickey on it. And then my favorite. So they have the they had the lounge fly backpacks. You know the cute little adorable backpacks that had the ears and the little bow and the super crazy sequins. But they also have the lounge fly backpack wristlet that is just the most adorable thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It is a tiny backpack. Tinier than the tiny backpack. And it goes on your wrist? Well, it has a little like hooky thing. Oh. That's the part that goes on your wrist. Interesting. Can you imagine putting it on your hand as like a little backpack? I think it's like a like a like a fucking fanny pack for your wrist. <laughs> I had one of those. Don't joke. Those? Yeah, I owned one. I thought I had one too. And now that I'm thinking about it, <laughs> the ultimate wallet pocket, everything right there on your wrist. That'd be great for traveling. We should, we should invent our own Disney-inspired versions. Yep. We need to come up with a ridiculous name for them too. Yeah. Um, and then they had this really cute the the <laughs> what? Just thinking of stupid shit in my head for names. <laughs> I want to hear them. I was thinking like the Fwanny Pack. <laughs> so that's what popped in my head. <laughs> what is that in reference to at a, all? A fanny and then the wrist. Those are the first two letters. I put F and W together. The Fwanny Pack. And you just sound like, what is it, like Bugs Bunny or whatever? A Fwanny Pack. Um. Then they had this really <laughs> cute kids t-shirt that um has the sequency, the flippy uppy, flippy downy. Sequence. Oh yeah, I like that. Um, and then one side is super crazy sparkly, and the other side was silver. Neat. So that was super cute. Yeah, such a fun concept that that double sided freaking sequency shit that you can rub up and down and change colors. And can rub me up and down. Magical. Oh, I will. Sorry, now that I can see you in person, I'm getting extra distracted by comments like that. I was trying to think of the Belle Bib DeVoe line from one of their songs. Like, wrap it up, flip it, rub it down, oh no. Something, I don't know how how that line went. Yo, 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 we're a Belle Bib DeVoe. You can do me (laughs) in the morning, you can do me in the night. That one. (laughs) Oh... And then I got my ears. Yes. And my glasses. Or your glasses that you're wearing. That you let me borrow. That we were looking for. That you've day. apparently adopted as your own. And you're like, oh my God, where are my glasses? <laughs> yeah. And then you lost them and I found them. And they're mine again. They're yours again. They're adorable on you. I know. They matched my one little spice. Yep. That's why I wore those instead of the aviators. So let's talk about this fucking dessert. Because incre- what I had was incredible. Thank you for bringing some home for me. You're welcome. I couldn't eat that much sweets. I could eat all of it and more. <sighs> so, <laughs> says the girl who went to pastry school. Um, yeah, sweets are not my forte. I mean, y'all know this if you listen to my podcast. Or this one, because we talk about it on this one, too. Gosh. Have we talked about how I don't like sweets? Jeez. I think so. Because I think I mentioned about barfing up Oreos and eating them. Like, not actually doing that, but I would. That's how much I like Oreos. Sorry, right. people are quoting our episodes and I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> That's a good thing. 
Why is it a good thing? I don't know. That I don't remember what we talk about. Well, no, but that means we have listeners that enjoy our show. <laughs> thank you for uh, quoting the show. So anyways, so, so desserts. They hand us this little pamphlet thing that's like, hey, this is the merchandise we have. And then I flipped it over and there were treats. Mm. And one of the things that I have been craving literally every day since I got down here is lemon slushy. Yeah. A lemon slushy. We even, after going to the park, was it at the Epcot night? That yeah, first yeah. night? We stopped at a, like a gas station convenience store, and the closest I got was a blue raspberry icy, yep. which was delicious, and then melted on my bedside. But all I have wanted since I got here was a lemon slushy, and they had an Arendelle frozen aqua lemonade. And it was everything I could have ever imagined and more. That's Disney for you. Super delicious. It's like it's like they could hear me, and they knew, and they were like, "That Julie, she drove all this way. She lives here now. She's gonna be spending a lot of money here. Let's give her what she wants." Hell yeah, they underpromise and overdeliver. <laughs> um, and then they had a Arendelle Aqua cupcake. So if anybody has had the millennial pink or i don't know which one is out the rose gold one i think is the one that's out now uh cupcake from sunshine seasons it was that except better i want that bow why do you like fondant because i like the texture of it yeah it's pretty fun Uh and when it's flavored right it's good so the bow and the ears were made out of vanilla fondant instead of white chocolate yeah and it was brushed with this really pretty pearly You should make me one tonight with your fondant. My fondant's disgusting. Actually, my fondant's pretty good. The black fondant tastes the best, which is weird. Oh, make me a black bow then. I'll wear it for like two seconds. No. Um. So this cupcake was super delicious. The frosting was my favorite, except it was a little sweet. So my favorite frosting in the entire world is like a whipped cream frosting. Mm-hmm. That, that that frosting that still holds its texture but tastes like Cool Whip. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite frosting ever. So it looked like it was going to be like that, and then it wasn't, which made me a little sad. But it was a vanilla cupcake, and inside, and this is the colorblind girl. So I cut it open, and I was like, ooh, raspberry filling. And then I tasted it and was like, oh, Nutella. Because mm. <laughs> the lighting was funny. Yeah. That's and I couldn't tell. An interesting mind fuck. Always. That's like having a sip of a drink, thinking it's tea, and it's actually Coke. Or like thinking that you're drinking milk and it's Mountain Dew. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> The, the tea and coke one sounded a little bit uh, better because it's similar color. Milk and Mountain Dew are totally different. Even the sound they make. I mean, I guess tea and coke do too, but Mountain Dew and milk, that's different. You're weird. <laughs> <laughs> Mountain Dew and milk both start with M's. I win. Uh, okay. um, anyway, so this was super delicious. The cupcake was actually not insanely sweet so the color of it kind of reminded me of banana bread okay but like really light banana bread and it was moist like a banana bread would be but it did not taste like banana folks it was a vanilla cupcake but But banana bread texture yeah i dig it that was super delicious like cold cold uh and uh yeah anyways also sunshine seasons has moist towelettes Did you know that these things existed? I mean, like, I know that they exist in life. Right. But 
all I wanted was a moist towelette because my hands were disgusting after stuffing my face with this cupcake. And then there they were. I've never seen them anywhere, like, out and about in Disney, ever. It was probably a special thing. I doubt it. They had their, like, own little containers. I don't know. Maybe they was because they have, like, people that are Instagramming and shit and using their video cameras all night. Because that's what those events for. Because they know, like... No, I know, but this was in sunshine seasons, like, where everybody could go. Oh, Literally, er as you were, like, getting utensils and salt and pepper and mustard and ketchup, there was a little container of moist towelettes. sunshine seasons. We talked about that. That's below the, uh, the land. It's on the same level as the land. That's what I mean. It's in the building. Lower level. It's literally down where everything is in Sunshine Seasons. It's still underground. I mean, no. It's in the basement. In the it's land in the pavilion. It's in the cellar. And then... Your mom. <laughs> you know, I have not... I've wanted to say your mom like 8,000 times about everything in life, and I have held off. I am offended. <laughs> okay, back on track. And then I went around and got all these other treats, and I actually brought this next dessert home mm -hmm. because after the one cupcake that I had, I was like, no more sweets. I can't do it. I can do sour things, like sour gummies, chocolate mousse. <laughs> that is not a sour thing. No. <laughs> that does not follow the same, no. same category at all. But I was just thinking that I could probably eat an entire bowl. like bowl like i could bathe in chocolate mousse be fun to see would you help me eat it yeah, yeah of course as long as you don't fart in it or something i'm gonna fart all in it <laughs> i'm gonna poop in it and then you're not <laughs> gonna know if it's chocolate mousse or my poop. that's so fucking gross <laughs> i think girls pooped i don't i poop rainbows nice like the unicorn in the Squatty Potty video. <laughs> Best advertisement ever. It really is. <laughs> Love it. So this one was a sponge cake from the Yorkshire, Yorkshire, Yorkshire. Yep. Yorkshire. I don't know. <laughs> 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 it. County. So just real quick up. before you go any further, this was something that you like things you had to ask for. Because they were like off the menu items? Oh, yeah. So they were all pass holder items. So they were there and you kind of go there and you like flash your pass holder um, yeah. card and they know what you want. So are these going to be cool. available to the public? Yeah. Uh, I These I actually don't know. Nice I know all the items were, but I think these were just like special for us. For that day. Because this one is normally... Oh, thank God. Sorry, I had a whitehead that I've been trying to like take care of all day. Mm -hmm. Well, for like the last three days. Please edit that out. Oh, You're not going to. Yeah, I got a lot of stuff I'm editing out already. Dirty's been taking mental notes. Dear Lord. <laughs> about, about my uh, my tub full of poo. <laughs> no, that's staying in. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> so, so they have this one normally in the white. Okay. So it's sponge, sponge, white frosting in the middle, and nothing the on top, and, and I assume the strawberry in the middle. Yeah. And then the Arendelle cupcake is <laughs> literally... Start that over again. That's going to be a bitch to edit. <laughs> the air... <laughs> and then the air... Fuck. I can't look at you. 
up. And then the Arendelle Aqua Cupcake is just the Rose Gold Cupcake, but Arendelle Aqua. Okay. So I think they may have just been exclusives for the event because they exist in real life otherwise. It's like when they take a the word yellow, but it actually is colored red. What? Because <laughs> it all tastes the same, right? They just changed the color of the frosting, went from pink to blue. But it still tasted vanilla with the strawberry middle? No, they were actually different cupcakes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because that blue frosting that you brought home, it tasted like it had like That's a raspberry different. kind of flavor. No, it tasted lemony. Remember we discussed citrus. Oh, yeah. And then the strawberry is what I thought it was a raspberry. Yeah. Um. No. So that is the same thing, but white frosting. But the one in Sunshine Seasons was a totally different cupcake. Okay. Because I think the rose gold one is filled with strawberry or something that's not hmm. Nutella. Amazing. Yeah, that was really good. And then they had an alcoholic version of the slushy hmm. from, I wanted to say hops and barley, but it wasn't. It was... Maybe it was. No, I think it was the little shop in front of it that sells the funnel cakes. Well, there's the shop, and then there's like that corner kiosk that sells beer. Mops. Or yes, it sells Hanson beer. That's the Fife and Drum. Fife and Drum. Okay. Do you know why I know that? Why? Because they sell the Hanson beer. Oh, you're a nerd. You love me. I do. Be- okay. Because you're a nerd. At Block and Hans, which is the... um. Funnel cake card. Okay. Okay. So they also had the frozen Arendelle Aqua Lemonade for five twenty five at the Norway Beer Cart, or the Arendelle Aqua Frozen Lemonade from Sunshine Seasons for six forty nine. Weird. Maybe they're a different color. I don't know. Well, show me. I mean, they are a different color, but I don't know if in real life they're a different color or they were just taken in different lighting. Oh, yeah. They're definitely different shades of blue. Aqua. Different shades of aqua. Yeah, one's like a green and one's like a blue. Yeah. <clears throat> so I got the frozen Arendelle aqua lemonade from Norway because I felt as it was fitting as the frozen ride mm. <clears throat> is in Norway. I like the frozen ride. Pour one out for the Maelstrom. <coughs> So it was a really cool event, and I was not expecting it to be what it was. And I thought it was really cool that they incorporated some food and drink as well to kind of make the event a little bit more exciting. And you know why they did all that? To get your money. Nope, because of people like you and me that are going to talk about it. And to take our money. And take our money and help promote it. That's why Disney, you you never see, I mean, I don't watch cable. We don't have cable, you know, so I don't watch TV. But, like, Disney doesn't advertise on TV. They do, but it's, like, once in a while. I only found out about it because I was picking up my pass holder coasters. Well, no, I mean, like, just in general. Well, no, I know. Disney leaves the, the advertising to their people. They did have a really cute ad with Donald Duck and the Ducks for Disneyland Paris. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, they do advertise, but it's just, like, they don't need to have an advertisement for every new product they have coming up because they're people's are advertising it for them on Instagrams. And then they have their Disney Parks blog. and. But they usually wait for those until after the annual pass people, like yourself, promote. I watch it and watch the trends. Disney just today released their video on the the new Arendelle stuff 
on Instagram on social media today. Yeah, but I saw stuff yesterday. From Disney? Yeah. Did you? I might Maybe it was today. I don't know. But the the stuff from Emirates, like that drink. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so excited for that drink. Yeah, I can't. We're going to try it tomorrow night. There's a certain type of, maybe it's a rum that has that like swirly, silvery stuff in it. Yeah. It's looks called cool. like, it's something that starts with a V. It's trippy and delicious. I bet. Looking forward to it. It's like what hangovers are made out of because it's so sweet. So they also had uh, in the merch some pins and some other... Oh, they had Alex and Ani bracelet. Tchotchke stuff. And a necklace. They were all in our story. Cool. Gearing up for Frozen 2, which I'm super excited to see. I cannot wait. I hope Kristoff gets a better song or a bigger song. A longer song. Then, I like uh, his voice a lot. Reindeer are better, are better than, than people. Sven, don't you think I'm right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, it'd be fun. So yeah, so go out there. Next time you're in the parks, we'd like to know what you think about this new blue. Are you more of millennial aqua. pink? Are you more of the aqua people? Aqua Belva? I'm a potion purple people. Are you potion purple? Are you rose gold? What's the new pink called? The... With the uh, millennial pink? No, the crazy hot pink. Uh, I have those ears. You bought them for me. Was it an imagination pink? Yeah. Yeah. There's all these fun colors. And then Disney sells a shit ton of merch. And then the Instagrammers change their whole feed to whatever color Disney's puts out. And then uh, you can stay in with the times. There you go. So, yeah. Go check it out. Tell them Julie sent you. Or tell them F yeah Disney. When you go in there and be like, F yeah, I want to get that shit. They'll give you a discount. Just tell them we sent you. I'm kidding. <laughs> Don't do that. We might get fired from this podcast. You're fired. I am. So uh, like a month ago now, maybe a little longer ago, uh, was the 50th anniversary of the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> and we initially had wanted to do a, a, a complete episode dedicated to uh, sharing the discovery and talking about the whatever, you know, the parks and the new Haunted Mansions they have and how this uh, love for this crazy, fun, cheeky ride uh, was developed and how it's become a craze now for all the fans. Uh, we finally figured out where the camera is on the one in <clears throat> Magic Kingdom. Yep, yep. And we finally got an adorable picture of us kissing on it. For the photo pass. It's stupid cute. But uh, Disney... I think Jason was cursing under his breath every single time we went through that and had to kiss for like five minutes wait- <laughs> waiting for the stupid flash to go off. I enjoyed it. You better say that. Yes, I did though. But it's interesting uh, just to see the, how the love for this ride. What's one of the... The few original Disney concept rides that isn't attached to some kind of uh, IP of some sort, and you know, like Thunder Mountain Railroad, for instance, is another one. <clears throat> and the new merchandise, you know, everything. Just like the, I was going to get in line for the uh, Leota Funko Pop that came out, and I had an opportunity to get down there really, really early. And I told Julie, I said, you know, by the time I get down there early. There's going to be like a thousand people in line waiting. In my brain, I'm thinking I'm like number five. And the reality was going to be I was going to be probably number 150. 
And I didn't want to wait in line for five hours for a uh, Funko Pop that I may or may not be able to get. And they, of course, they sold out right away. But that being said, I think uh, we want to discuss some of the Haunted Mansion stuff. Give you some brief history on the uh, way that the Haunted Mansion actually came to be. And then its evolution uh, to where it is now in other parks. And as well as a couple of fun little factual things that I haven't really ever heard anybody talking about. Or satisfactual things. Satisfactual too. Absolutely. Wrong ride, huh? <laughs> we are talking about that one, guys. Yeah. So we still thought it'd be fun, even though it's like a month after the anniversary of the Haunted Mansion to get it. It is the 50th anniversary all year. I guess it's just true. Just like they're celebrating Mickey's 90th birthday for like five years. I was going to say, until <laughs> it's his 95th birthday. <laughs> so here we go with our fun facts about the Haunted Mansion. I can't believe Mickey's 90 years old. When hinges creak in doorless chambers and strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls. Whenever candlelights flicker, where the air is deathly still, that is the time when ghosts are present, practicing their terror with ghoulish delight. Welcome, foolish mortals, to the haunted mansion. I am your host, your ghost host. <laughs> Kindly step all the way in, please, and make room for everyone. There's no turning back now. Our tour begins here in this gallery, where you see paintings of some of our guests as they appeared in their corruptible mortal state. Your cadaverous pallor betrays an aura of foreboding, almost as though you sense a disquieting metamorphosis. Is this haunted room actually stretching? Or is it your imagination? Hmm? And consider this dismaying observation. This chamber has no windows and no doors. <laughs> which offers you this chilling challenge to find a way out. <laughs> of course, there's always my way. I didn't mean to frighten you prematurely. <laughs> the real chills come later. Now, as they say, look alive, and we'll continue our little tour. And let's all stay together, please. The idea for the mansion precedes Disneyland and Wet Enterprises to when Walt Disney hired the first of his Imagineers. At the time, the park they were developing the attraction for was supposed to be located across from the studios. 
1951, the first known illustration of the park showed a main street setting, green fields, western village, and a carnival. Disney legend Harper Goff developed a black and white sketch of a crooked street leading away from Main Street by a peaceful church and graveyard with a rundown manor perched high on a hill that towered over Main Street. Disney assigned Imagineer Ken Anderson to create a story using Goff's idea. Plans were made to build a New Orleans-themed land in the small transition between Frontierland and Adventureland. Weeks later, New Orleans Square appeared on the souvenir map and promised the Thieves Market, a pirate wax museum, and a haunted house walkthrough. Anderson studied New Orleans and old plantations and came up with a drawing of an antebellum manor overgrown with weeds, dead trees, swarms of bats, and boarded doors and windows topped by a screeching cat on a weather van. Disney, however, rejected the idea of having a rundown building in his park. He visited the Winchester Mystery House in San Jose, California, and was captivated by the massive mansion with its stairs to nowhere, doors that opened to walls and holes, and elevators. Anderson envisioned stories for the mansion including tales of a ghostly sea captain who killed his nosy bride and then hanged himself, a mansion home to the unfortunate family, and a ghostly wedding party with well-known Disney villains and spooks. Imagineers Raleigh Crump and Yale Gracie recreated Ken Anderson's stories into a studio at Wet Enterprises. In 1961, handbills announcing a 1963 opening of the Haunted Mansion were given out at Disneyland's entrance. Construction began a year later, and the exterior was completed in 1963. The attraction was previewed in a 1965 episode of Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color, but the attraction itself would not open until 1969. The six-year delay owed heavily to Disney's involvement in the New York's World Fair in 1964 to 1965, and to an attraction redesign after Walt's death in 1966. After the fair, many Imagineers such as Mark Davis, Existencio, and Claude Coates contributed ideas to the project. By this time, Ken Anderson had left the project. Raleigh Crump showed Walt some designs for his version, which included bizarre objects like coffin clocks, candlemen, talking chairs, man-eating plants, tiki-like busts, living gypsy wagons, and a mirror with a face. When Walt put Imagineers Raleigh Crump and Yale Gracie in charge of creating the visual illusions for the attraction, they intended to make the Museum of the Weird into a separate section that guests could walk through and discover illusions from around the world. Guests would be able to see transparent ghosts and other apparitions, utilizing the Pepper's ghost technique used in theaters since the early 1800s. Crump and Gracie were eventually given an entire warehouse to house their developments and one evening forgot to switch off the mechanics before leaving for the day. The cleaning crew was met with a surprise as Crump explained, quote, Once we got a call from personnel saying that the janitors requested that we leave the lights on, they're due to the creepiness of all the auto animatronics, ghosts and such. We complied, but put motion sensors in the room that would extinguish the lights and turn on all the ghost effects when triggered. <laughs> the next morning we came in and found all the ghost effects still running and a broom lying in the center of the floor. Personnel called and said that the janitors would not be back. There are several prominent ghosts who have retired here from creepy old crypts all over the world. Actually, we have 999 happy haunts here. But there's room for a thousand. Any volunteers? <laughs> if you insist on lagging behind, you may not need to volunteer. Mark Davis and Claude Coates, two of the mansion's main designers, disagreed on whether the ride should be frightening or enjoyable. 
Claude, originally a background artist, wanted a scary adventure and produced renditions of moody surroundings like endless hallways, corridors of doors, and numerous characterless environments. Mark, an animator and character designer, proposed variegated characters and thought the ride should be silly and full of gags. In the end, both artists got their ways when Extensio combined their approaches and ideas, creating a transition from dark foreboding to spirited entertainment. The ride narration was performed by Paul Fries in the role of the ghost host. The attraction's theme song, Grim Grinning Ghost, was composed by Buddy Baker with lyrics written by Existencio. It can be heard in nearly every area of the ride with varied instruments and tempos. After Disney's death in 1966, the project evolved significantly. The Imagineers objected to a walkthrough attraction's low capacity, going so far as suggesting building two identical attractions to accommodate twice as many guests. A solution appeared with the development of the Omnimover system for the adventures through inner space. Renamed the Doom Buggy, the system's continuous chain of semi-enclosed vehicles offered high capacity. The car could be set to rotate in any direction at any point, allowing the Imagineers to control what guests saw and heard throughout the show. And because each car held from one to three, it was a convenient way to divide guests into smaller groups. A better fit with the story of people wandering alone through the haunted mansion. And now, a carriage approaches to take you into the boundless realm of the supernatural. Take your loved ones by the hand, please, and kindly watch your step. Oh yes, and no flash pictures, please. We spirits are frightfully sensitive to bright lights. Do not pull down on the safety bar, please. I will lower it for you, and heed this warning. The spirits will materialize only if you remain quietly seated at all times. We find it delightfully unlivable here in this ghostly retreat. Every room has wall-to-wall creeps and hot and cold running chills. Shh, listen. Haunted Mansion was part of the Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom from the day it opened in 1971. On the inside, it's actually quite similar to Disneyland's version. Because of the narrow time difference between the Disneyland and Magic Kingdom openings, when Disneyland's Haunted Mansion was being built, Imagineers built two of each prop. One went to Disneyland, and the other went into storage until the ride building was ready in Florida. 
On the outside, however, the two versions of the mansions couldn't be more different. While the southern plantation style of Disneyland's mansion fits perfectly with New Orleans Square, Magic Kingdom has a Liberty Square instead. And to fit the Haunted Mansion into its new home, it needed a major architectural overhaul. The mansion here is a sprawling building in the Dutch Gothic Revival style, and the ride itself is housed mostly within the building you can see, though more of it is hidden past the tree line. Otherwise, the mansion has a couple of extra rooms, a library, and an Escher-inspired staircase room, plus a recently added interactive queue area. On April 2nd, 2019, PhotoPass photography was added to the attraction at Magic Kingdom. A hidden camera takes pictures of the riders as they pass the final portrait in the portrait gallery, ironically just after the ghost host has said, Oh yes, and no flash pictures, please. We spirits are frightfully sensitive to bright lights. And a photo featuring the rider in black and white, and a few of the ghost hosts surrounding the Doom Buggy, is automatically added to the guest photo pass account by reading the RFID data from the guest's second generation magic band as the photo is taken. In 1983, Tokyo Disney opened the Haunted Mansion in an almost identical copy of the Florida version down to the Dutch Gothic Revival architecture. Though Tokyo Disneyland has neither a New Orleans Square nor a Liberty Square, the Japanese tendency to consider ghost stories as fairy tales made Fantasyland a good fit. And the mix of American and European styles in the architecture made the mansion a nice transition from the European-style Fantasyland to the American-style Westernland. The only differences you'll find here are the two bronze griffins guarding the front gate, adding to the fantasy of the overgrown gardens surrounding the mansion. Serpents and spiders, tail of a rat, call in the spirits wherever they're at. Rap on a table, it's time to respond. Send us a message from somewhere beyond. Goblins and ghoulies from last Halloween. Awaken the spirits with your tambourine. Creepies and crawlies, toads in a pond. Let there be music from regions beyond. Wizards and witches, wherever you dwell, give us a hint by ringing a bell. The happy haunts have received your sympathetic vibrations and are beginning to materialize. They're assembling for a swinging wake and they'll be expecting me. I'll see you all a little later.
Making the tombstones quake. Spooks come up for swing and wake. Happy haunts materialize. And begin to vocalize. Grim, pretty ghosts about to socialize. Now don't close your eyes and don't try to hide. For a silly spook, they sit by your side. Shrouded in your darkest eyes. They pretend to terrorize. Windy ghosts out to socialize. As the moon climbs high on the dead oak tree, spooks arrive for the midnight spree. Creepy creeps with eerie eyes. Dark to sweet and harmonized. Windy ghosts out to socialize. When you hear the knell of a requiem bell, we're ghosting where spirits dwell. Restless bones etherealize. Rise as spooks of every size. <laughs> <laughs> when the doors creak and the tombstones quake, spooks not for swinging weight. Happy haunts materialize, and we into vocalize. Grim pretty ghosts come out to socialize. Now don't close your eyes.
Yes, they don't try to hide Or silly spook They stick by your side Just in time, there's a little matter I forgot to mention. Beware of hitchhiking ghosts. <laughs> they have selected you to fill our quota, and they'll haunt you until you return. Now I will raise the safety bar, and a ghost will follow you home. <laughs> <laughs> Though it might not look anything like the haunted mansion to park goers accustomed to the mansions found in other Disney parks. Phantom Manor at Disneyland Paris opened in 1992 and would have been immediately recognizable to Walt Disney. It looks a lot like Harper Goff's original haunted house drawings and his story draws heavily from Ken Anderson's early drafts. The ride is located in Frontierland and builds an elaborate story about the bride character who plays a part in mansions elsewhere, but here takes center stage as the main attraction. In many places, the bride has simply been added to a familiar existing haunted mansion scenes like the ballroom scene where she appears alongside other animatronics. However, everything from the graveyard scene onward is a totally new ride, taking riders to visit the haunted Old West town of Phantom Canyon. And recently at Disney Paris, they just redid and overhauled the entire mansion, updating animatronics, lighting, color, and background props. The latest mansion to join the lineup, Hong Kong's Mystic Manor, is hardly a haunted mansion at all. Mostly because it's not haunted, so you won't find any single ghost on the premises. So why does it make the list? Well, the ride does fill a similar role to that of the haunted mansion in other parks, providing a creepy but fun dark ride. Instead of running into ghosts, the rider is confronted with the supernatural as a magic music box brings the contents of Lord Henry Mystic's home to life. The scares here are minimal. But the humor is high as you watch Albert, Lord Mystic's pet monkey. 
accidentally released the power of the music box through the house. But aside from the overall premise of being a somewhat spooky attraction, almost nothing here matches up with the versions of the Haunted Mansion seen elsewhere. The architecture is a Queen Anne-style mansion, though unlike its counterparts in Tokyo and Paris, this mansion is kept very nicely. To match with the brightly colored style of the Mystic Point in which it's located, Inside, there are even more differences, because even the style of the ride differs from what you'll ride in other parks. Instead of a static Omnimover system carrying riders in an endless loop through the ride, Mystic Manor is trackless, individually navigating each car through the ride and providing with a slightly different experience each time you hop on board. It's a new type of ride tech that Disney hasn't brought to the domestic parks yet, but who knows? Perhaps in the future, all mansions will take on this unusual ride style. And that has been a basic overview and brief history of the Haunted Mansions and all the Disney parks. Some of the other fun things we want to talk about, and uh, I'm running solo on this part because I'm recording this after Julie and I recorded initially uh, when she started to snooze during the recording. Uh, but there's some fun things in the Haunted Mansion uh, that specifically I've only been personally to the Haunted Mansion in Magic Kingdom. And having ridden this ride a thousand plus times, um, you're always noticing something new every time you ride, no matter how many times you've ridden it. Not only besides the history and, and the research we did on the show, uh, but also just having experienced this ride. And uh, a couple things I wanted to point out that a lot of people may or may not know. When you first get on the ride in the dune buggy, uh, actually, actually there's three things. Uh, the first thing that you notice when you come out of the elevator, if you wait to the very end of the sequence of the doors opening and the people coming off the elevator, be the last people to get off the elevator. Uh, at that point in time, once lights come back on and the doors open and people exit, you'll start. You'll hear uh, like a, what sounds like a bunch of bats flying around real quickly, and then the gargoyles that are up in around the edge of the stretching room portraits start to whisper to each other. It's very, very creepy and spooky. It's a fun little audio effect, and you can only really hear that if you wait until everybody gets off because everybody talking. Uh, it makes it really difficult to see. Also, if you wait until the very end of the evening before the park closes to ride this ride, uh, when it's a little bit lower capacity, there's been times we've ridden this ride like right before the park closes. There's been maybe nine, ten people in there. And it's also fun because usually people riding the ride that late are big fans of the ride, so everybody in that ride knows the narration, and we all can laugh and scream and have fun together. But it also makes it easier to hear the ambience of the gargoyles kind of whispering and talking. It's very, very creepy. Uh, the second thing you'll notice too, which is fun, is when you get to go on the Doom Buggy, uh, the people mover uh, path that the cast is walking on, you'll notice there's like a bat uh, airbrushed or whatever on that path. Um, to me, what if you notice it, it looks like Cinderella's castle, but also like a bat, so I call it the Bat Castle. And it seems like if you think about the way the, the Batman symbol is done, uh, Disney wasn't able to actually use that bat symbol as a generic bat. So they created a bat that looks like a bat, but also kind of looks like a, a mix between the bat and the castle. It has, uh, instead of like the center of the body of the Batman symbol, has that center point coming down in between the wings. And this one just has an arch, like the arch opening for the castle. So next time you ride the ride, look down on the ground there and pay attention and, and check that out. We'd love to know your opinion. 
Uh, also, a fun thing, too, is, uh, well, I guess there's a couple more I wanted to add because more than three. Um, because of uh, people have been complaining over the years about the fact that Magic Kingdom's Haunted Mansion uh, doesn't have the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay. Uh, the main reason for that is people that typically come to Orlando to the theme parks at Walt Disney World, uh, they save up and save up and save up and they want to come and see all four parks and in a sense in the original way that they're set up and they're were made uh, not with an overlay they'd be disappointed if they say came and there was an overlay and they didn't get to experience the true version of the, the haunted mansion for instance personally because i've ridden this mansion so many times if i went to california i wouldn't be disappointed necessarily because i know that all the things are in there uh, for the mansion and then they would have the overlay on top of it i think it'd be pretty magical um, but that's the main reason why they leave the rides in within Magic Kingdom the same uh, because of uh, the fact that guests they want guests to come experience the park as if the park had just opened for its first day. But that being said, uh, somebody in Imagineer or somebody within the cast in the Haunted Mansion uh, sporadically put things of Jack Skellington, re I guess, references. Um, there's a couple of different spots where there's actually a book on the ground or on a tabletop. Um, that has on the cover has like a long stretched out version drawing of Jack Skellington. If you're in the, I guess when you're first going into the room with the, I believe it's the piano player. It's either the library or the piano player, but I know there's a side desk just on the very end of the corner that has a book on the floor that has the Jack Skellington uh, symbol on the top of it. Um, it's in the first room on the left side and it's hard to see because it's so dark. Um, I've only been able to actually to physically see it when I've ridden this at night when there's nobody else on the ride. We've actually been able to like pause a bit and allow a couple of doom buggies to go in front of us that are empty. And then I've just used the light on my flashlight to uh, shine it on the ground. But it's pretty quick. It's hard to see, but it's right there on the left side there on the floor. At one point in time, there was a small Sally doll, little plush on the right side also. But they've somebody pulled that out of there. Um, and then the other thing I want to bring up also is uh, as you're exiting the ride... Uh, and you're taking the, the people mover or whatever path thing to exit. Um, there's the brick archway that the doom buggies then go through. And you'll notice as you go towards that wall, the archway has the bricks that kind of outline the edge of the, of the opening. And one of those bricks is actually rubber, which is really fun. I actually learned about this listening to uh, the Imagineer podcast, which is a great, another great show. I'll put up the link for his show in, the, in this episode. Um, but he had brought that up. And I guess the reason is because people sometimes trip at the end of that thing. And I'm sure out of necessity, somebody fell and hit their head on the wall or something stupid. So to keep people from potentially hurting themselves, uh, they created one of those bricks that's just about at eye level out of rubber. And you can definitely tell the difference. You can't look at it and see the difference. But once you touch it, you'll know the difference. Um, I think I've taken a couple of pictures of it. And I'll try to get those up on our Instagram stories too to let you know about it. But uh, other than that, there's a bunch of fun things. Uh, there's like Mr. Toad in, in the graveyard there as a memorial to him after losing the ride uh, from Magic Kingdom. A lot of fun things in the queue. Uh, a lot of little small details. We can go on for three days about this ride in particular. Uh, Julie and I love this ride. We've spent probably the last month trying to get our photo pass shot done properly because of the new photo pass spot. Well, at first, we had no idea where it was, and then we finally figured it out. So. It's pretty funny how it works out. But anyways, I hope you enjoyed this discussion on the Haunted Mansion. And uh, now it's time for us to talk about our experience when her and I visited Galaxy's Edge. Uh, you got more than that. No, no, no. 
It was really hot in here. I mean, you could have had the air conditioning going before I got home. That would have cooled it off. It, I, I did have it on, and then mosquitoes came in and started bite my ankles. So as you all can hear, we are officially uh, sound probably a little bit different. I think maybe I haven't listened back into it the. It sounds a the, little echoey, I guess. The recording because we are now officially in my garage, or our garage, I should say. I'm so used to saying mine because you know True. whatever. But uh, anyways, so uh, from this point, we are going to be discussing our adventures in Galaxy's Edge, uh, IES. Galaxy's Edge. I think it was less <laughs> less hot <laughs> in Galaxy's Edge when I went than it is in this garage right now. Yeah, it's actually not the hot in here, but she's just uh, dude. I could like feel the air. Yeah, she's just not used to it. I'm from Boston. So it's anywho, like up north. Yeah, I want to be right there right now. I don't. No. So her and I both had uh, different experiences because we went at different times. Sadly. Yeah, sadly for sure. Um. And I had a special occasion to go for a cast preview and brought my daughter with me and Julie went uh, for a pass annual preview. pass holder preview. And so because of that, we had potentially two different experiences, um, but it's all the same land, same things we're seeing, just different perspectives as well. My and land was better than yours. They actually added some things. This land is your land. Made it super sparkly. This land is my <laughs> land. <laughs> and made it super sparkly um, when I was there. So uh, I'm just saying. They knew I was coming, so they uh, they spruced it up. They did a little extra spit shine on the Millennium Falcon. Mm, nice. <laughs> or we're not gonna get into although like, okay. I saw it sunny and you saw it cloudy, so I saw we it wet. Did have like super crazy different experiences. Yeah, and that's what I think is interesting about this. Uh, when we went, it was raining, had an umbrella. It really gave this land a more Florida kind of feel to it because, in my opinion, they should have actually done these lands differently in terms of their theming. Because they have ours is supposed to be like in this dry desert scape, and you know, even though it's hot as shit in Orlando, it's also tropical weather and very humid. Uh, so there's a little bit difference. Even though you're fully immersed in this place, it still was should have been a little bit different because there's cactuses and succulents and things like that going around. But you know, whatever it is, what it is, I understand why they did it. However, when it was while wet and raining, it was felt like it was that even more immersive into the space. Uh, the villagers that lived there, they had their gear on, like. There, you could definitely tell that the space was prepared for the rain, except for the marketplace, being that it's open, an open-air marketplace in a sense. Well, all the shops themselves are in a little alcove, so when it right. does rain, all the merchandise is at least protected. Yeah, that's true. But what I did learn, though, is that uh, at Ronto Roasters, the heating cooking system, it's in like a big round cylindrical cage, right? And then the very end of it has like a, a almost like a bench, I guess you can call it. And the very edge of that thing was soaking fucking wet. Like, I, I leaned up against it to get some video and pictures oh, of the space. The story, and then, yeah. like, the whole front of my shorts were just completely drenched. Looked like I pissed myself. <laughs> so, I was so excited I peed myself when I saw the Millennium Falcon. But, yeah, so that was kind of, like, you know, the only thing I kind of was thinking about. Um, but that being said, I don't know. I think some takeaways. That so. I, yeah, go on. Personally, I appreciated how you really felt like you were on another planet. Yeah, as soon as you walk in there, you're no longer in Hollywood Studios. Because what really bothered me about Pandora is you never really felt that. Yeah. And that is also another planet. And it felt just... I mean, Pandora being part of Animal Kingdom makes sense. Have you done Pandora at night? Yeah. Okay. That was glorious. A couple so beers fun. in you at night, it feels like you're on the planet, to me at least. Okay, yes. Yeah, so it definitely felt more like it at night because you have that disconnect from the park. We actually did Tiffin's and had a couple delicious gin beverages before we did it. And riding Navi River at night. Yeah. 
it's more is i feel like how that ride should be rogue experienced there you go because i don't know how yeah. to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> say that word correctly ride ridden um because when you ride it during the day you walk onto the ride and then it's nighttime and then you walk off and it's daytime and i thought the ride was way too short it yeah. kind of felt like an afterthought all the money was put into the animatronic which was i mean flight of passage is just absolutely incredible mm. but when you ride it at night it's basically like you're you know yeah it on all, it. it's all and then it's a continuation and then you get off and then you're seeing all these flowers and you're walking past the river as you're walking off the ride again yeah so it was a lot more immersive and now i'm going to talk about star wars world because <laughs> that's what we're supposed to be talking about today um yeah it was incredible. I <sighs> being able to do a pass holder preview was super amazing. So I want to thank you for that because without you, I would not have been able to do that. Yeah, my pleasure. It was a chance to get you down here. <laughs> no, whatever excuse I needed. Hey, it's come, why don't you go to Star Wars? You know, oh, sure, okay. <laughs> I texted him and I said, "All right, tell me not to do this crazy thing." And he was like, "What crazy thing?" And I was like, "Well, I get a pass holder preview, and it's going to cost me twenty one dollars to fly down." And he's like, "Do it." So and 21 bucks because you had credits for airline miles because exactly. airline fucked up. Basically. Yeah, to summarize it. So anyways. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad you had a chance to come down. And it was a beautiful day. It was actually pretty cool in the morning for Florida. Um, and I wore my cute little R2-D2 dress and got to borrow your R2 ears. So I looked extra adorable. They're actually cannons, but. So sorry. You get to borrow his because I borrow them all the time. Well, they're hanging in your room. Sure. Um, and. I got a little misty, like, walking in just because I was, you know, a little overwhelmed. Like, I get to walk into Star Wars World, and there's literally no one there because I did the 9 to 11, and they let us in at, like, 8.30. So there was maybe, like, six or seven other people in. So the video that I got was really cool because there was literally no one else around. Mm -hmm. And then coming around to the Millennium Falcon. Actually, no. My first, like, real tearjerker moment was walking into the Marketplace. And just the detail of everything sure. and how I was like, dude, I'm li living a Star Wars movie right now. Yeah, we were was... the same way. And we kind of felt that, that that was like the beginning of like, holy shit, this place is fucking crazy. I mean, seeing like seeing the X-Wing and the ships when you first walk in and hearing the sights and sounds is incredible. But like the marketplace, when you're enveloped by all that stuff and seeing the people interacting and all the details and how like this brand new space looks like it's a thousand years old yeah and how you walked into the shops and yeah it was all merchandise and yeah you could tell it was disney stuff but it was you couldn't really tell it was a disney store yeah with all the details and everything and you had told me to walk back like into the back of all the stores and see all the details and it was just yeah. absolutely incredible yeah, definitely. You spend a whole day just like walking around and looking in all the cages and all the shit because there's a lot of Easter eggs. I actually heard, speaking of that, just on a side note before I forget, supposedly there's a hidden Millennium Falcon somewhere in that space. Ooh. Yeah, according to what uh, Lou Mangiello was talking about the other day. He didn't say where it was or anything about it, details. But yeah, there's like a, that's like their thing is there's a hidden Millennium Falcon somewhere. I'm very curious to find out where it is. We'll have to check that out this weekend. Yeah, we won't tell anybody where it is. Uh, we'll let you find it yourself. But, uh, and then yeah. actually walking and seeing the Millennium Falcon. Was incredible and then <laughs> being in the millennium falcon and i gotta say so i did single rider the first time mm -hmm. because it said the wait was like 20 minutes and i feel like i waited longer for single rider whatever didn't get to pick my position not a big deal but i went with five other people obviously there's six people in 
each ride and one of the women was literally complaining the entire time so how it works is you get a card you're either a pilot an engineer or a gunner and they're color-coded and when it's your turn they say hey blue people come over here hey white people come over here hey brown thank god i didn't get a brown maybe my first one was a brown i might be lying i don't know i'm colorblind red purple <laughs> who knows what color it was um and it was really cool. So they kind of like let you loose inside the Millennium Falcon to yeah. explore it. And there's the chess table and you could take pictures with it. And then there's like the sleeping quarters. And it was oh, so freaking incredible. And this one woman was like, this is so unorganized. This is awful. This is terrible. What are they thinking? And she was one of, in my party. And I was like, fucking A. Um, yeah, it's annoying. And so we had to wait a little extra because, and I'm not really sure why, because it looked like the same damn Millennium Falcon that we were in both times. But, oh, I guess the way you enter it, maybe, I don't know. But one of the women was in a wheelchair. So we had to wait a little extra for the special handicap Millennium Falcon to be available. Totally cool. Awesome. I spent a lot more time inside the Millennium Falcon exploring all the little nooks and crannies. It was incredible. And this woman would not stop complaining. And it just kind of, like, took you out of the whole experience. Like, why are you even here for this pass holder preview if you are not, like, crying because you're standing in the Millennium Falcon? Yeah, exactly. Um, I feel like I'm screaming. It's, it's happening. Right now? I feel like I'm talking really loud. Oh, you are, but you're excited, so I get it. You're okay. not really screaming. Um, and, then <laughs> and then, so we go in, and as we're getting onto the ride, the woman in the wheelchair rolls her little scooter. Maybe it was a scooter. Maybe it wasn't a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. A rolly thingy. Um, over my foot. Lovely. Like starts to and then it's like up, up, up. <laughs> it continues over my foot and then it was like, oh, that's going to be Bruce tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, poor thing. Jesus. Uh, it wasn't bad. It was like the front wheel. It was okay. I'm fine. I was on the Millennium Falcon. I was like, roll over all my feet. I get to be here. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, all two feet, guys. I don't have more than two. Made it sound like I had like six feet. And... The first experience as an engineer was good. I did it. I didn't get motion sickness. I didn't want to puke when I got off of it. It was good. Um, and then the second time I was a pilot and I went through the whole queue and took lots of pictures and uh, that was amazing. Um, but yeah, as a pilot, my co-pilot was an eight-year-old girl. And I was like, yes, I'm so excited. You're my co-pilot. Because I wanted her to feel awesome about riding the ride. And it was super fun. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I walked off that so nauseous. She did not know how to steer that thing. And I was like trying so hard. Whew. Yeah, it was rough. Yeah. But it was amazing. But I didn't want to close my eyes. I was like, nope, I can do this. Mm -hmm. I can do this. Oh, it was so wonderful. Yeah, it's fun. What I thought was interesting with it, too, is uh, so when we went on there ourselves, being the cast preview day, uh, we had like a five, ten minute wait. Like it was pretty incredible we just went on several times just because of like you know let's go again let's go again you know kind of thing um when we first went on we got the engineer tag and the couple there there are two couples that were with us the one couple had just written it like three other times before us so they had the experience and they had gotten the pilot and then the couple other couple uh they were were the gunners and uh so I think what was cool with us, uh, since we went on different days, Candace and I had a chance to go, and it was cast member preview day, so like the lines were super short. All the casts that uh, were there visiting the space, uh, everybody was extra dressed up in Disney uh, bounding, Star Wars bounding. I think I was in the a only sense. one dressed up. Yeah, definitely. It was awesome. And and I know that's part of part of the thing that they're not going to allow is for guests to come in there dressed to the you know to the hilt in a sense in your Star Wars garb. You got to like buy the shit there, and even then 
you can't do it unless you're a kid. You can buy the stuff there, but I don't think you can put it on and walk around. That stuff I think you can because it's not close enough to what they're wearing. Okay. I believe. Um, and then, I mean, you can dress up in like very like mute tones and things like right. that. Like if you wanted to be like, not... you know, Luke Skywalker, you could wear like a pair of khaki pants and a white t-shirt, you know, and wear a scarf around your waist and maybe have like a holster for a lightsaber, you know, kind yeah, of Yeah. So I had a couple friends who went to the one in California. And they went after, you know, the park opened and they had a super cute outfit that they wore. And it was just kind of more of like a dappery, hipstery, like muted browns and tans mm. and like burnt reds and things like that. Right, right. More Earth Tonys to go in with the Star Wars. There you go. Earth Tones. But what was fun, too, is like seeing everybody's hair, like all the girls had their hair all done up all crazy and shit. You know, like it was definitely like out of this world. Star Wars y kind of hairstyles. Not you know? Out of this world. Yeah, totally. Duh. Yeah, it was totally pun intended. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so with the Millennium Falcon, we, so we first go on. Uh, Candace and I both got the engineer. So we took pictures and stuff, waiting for our name to be, you know, whatever number, color, whatever. Called us in, did the thing, had a blast in the back. We both got like 100% at our things. I think, and the, and the couple that, uh, the two couples that were with us, one couple had ridden the ride like, I think, like three or four times before they were with us. Uh, the other couple was their first time, and we're sitting in there in the bay, kind of waiting to go into the actual cockpit. And I'm like, "Can you guys believe we're even here right now?" And the first couple—that's when I found out that it was like their third or fourth time riding it. The middle couple admitted they had never seen Star Wars at all, anything Star Wars, and because they were cast members, they took advantage of being there. And we all were like, "Well, after leaving here, you're probably going to want to go home and watch the movies now," kind of thing. So it was kind of interesting seeing the different perspectives of people that are there, because I think that's what's fun with this space—is it's going to bring bring people to Disney. That are not Disney fans, they're Star Wars fans. And it's going to bring people to Star Wars that are Disney fans, not Star Wars fans. And now they're all going to become fans of everything. You know, it's very smart through through Disney and their investments. Yeah. Um, that being said, we did the Falcon, had a blast the first time, came back the second time. And the same couple that was the pilots on the first one were behind, were in front of us in line. And they got in. And then Candace and I were, I guess, in line waiting to go in for the next group. And so we, we end up getting the engineer thing again. And a big thing for cast members is creating magical moments for people, guests, each other, what have you. And they saw that we had gotten engineered. They had gotten the pilot one again. They're like, hey, you guys want to fly the Falcon? And we're like, fuck yes. So, <laughs> so we swapped out things. And it was a super magical moment for all of us. You know, They were stoked. We were stoked. And then so Candace and I got to fly the Falcon. And she was uh, on the right side co-pilot, did the warp speed or light speed, you know, the whole nine yards. And uh, it was just an incredible moment. And the whole time I'm sitting there flying this, it was having a blast. We got off of it, and I was like, I can't wait to fly the Falcon with Julie. You know, it was like type of thing. So I'm looking forward to us getting to do this. And, and then I remember you mentioned it to me, and you were like, you'll understand when you get there, but I want to pilot it with you. And I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? And I got there, and I piloted it with this little girl, and I was like, damn, we're going to own this shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we are going to be the best ever. And that's what's fun with it is, is they've turned this into a kind of a gamified, the whole space, If once you get the app on there, the, it's a whole gamification of the land as well, trying to see who's good, who's bad, who has control over the space. You can control the video cameras, all this other stuff, stuff that we, we didn't really do when we were there. And it'll be interesting to see the app yeah. super live. Yeah, exactly. Because I know that I saw some people playing with it for the um, – pass holder preview but i don't think it like everything was live on it so i didn't want to touch it till yeah i was with you anyway yeah definitely and then we did the space uh we did whenever and uh got the blue milk and green milk uh, i got the one with the the green milk with the tequila canis got the non-alcoholic blue one we both sampled each other's the one with the tequila was delicious 
uh that's over in the um the fuck's the the bad guy's new name i always forget what the hell they call themselves now the first order right um in their space where kylo ren has his ship they have a show that they do kylo ren was probably doing meet and greets or the jedi training so he wasn't in the, in the land at the time uh, but Ray and Chewie are walking around. There's another character from Star Wars Rebels, I believe, that walks around. She's got a little bit of blue in her hair. I got some cool video. Uh, we were walking in. And I was doing a lot of filming. And they were coming down the ramp. And she saw that I was recording. And she got done talking to Ray and Chewie. And she's like, I'll be right back. And then she comes running towards us and kind of looking around for the stormtroopers walking around and stuff. And then she asked if we were filming her. And then we had to come up with some kind of story of what we were doing. And... Uh, and I think that's for us, that was probably the funnest part of the whole space is that you can go in there and you can create your own story of who you are as a, as a visitor of Batu, And so Candace and I eventually, because we both were wearing the droid ears, uh, we had a BB-8 and an R2 ears on. And we ended up telling our story was that we were there uh, as part of the, uh, the rebellion and we were uh, wearing our droids in honor of them being killed in battle. And so it took us a while to kind of feel, fill out the storyline, you know, kind of thing. But it was pretty cool. So that's like kind of, you know, our thing now. And I just, I don't know, we were so immersed. There's so much to see. The bathrooms, you got DJ Rex playing the music in the bathrooms. I, we didn't get a chance to go so into Olga's cantina, but I got Julie to go did. into Olga's. So they were doing reservations for Olga's. And when I made my pass holder preview, I guess they said if there were reservations available when you made your reservation for that they'd pop up so like that the droid the um the droid depot making the lightsabers and none of that showed up for me so i was like oh my god come on guys what's going on so the first thing i did i would like beeline it i didn't i walked nice and slow through the marketplace i was like yeah this is amazing um but the first thing i did was went to olga's and i was like hey so do you have any reservations left and she was like here you go come on in it was the coolest thing ever and you got two drinks and it wasn't like two alcoholic drinks and you could drink whatever the hell else you wanted. It was like two drinks. So make it count. Um, but I got some pictures of other drinks that other people have had. Because I was like, I have a Disney food podcast. Can I take a picture of your shit? Yeah. Because um, I don't care. I'll go up to anybody and ask them if I can take a picture of something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really cool. Like, oh, my God. Walking in was amazing. And this bar is just phenomenal. And they, like, stay in character. I remember... I was like, oh, these are like Trader Sam's. I was like, blah, 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 yada, 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 Trader Sam's. And she was like, what? It was super cool. So I had to be like, oh, yeah, back on Earth. There's this place. It's super cool. Mm -hmm. Um, But I got a really cool uh, video of DJ Rex. And I met some really awesome people. I am a people person most of the time. Um, (laughs) When I'm out in public, I like to make friends. Uh, So I met a couple people that were down, that drove down from South Carolina for the day and i actually met a guy with a fenway t-shirt on sitting next to me on the other side i like scooted over and gave him some room but i got the batu bits because obviously i'm gonna try the only food that they have there and then i got the um beautiful uh tiki mug that was that's somewhere the the house I got the Porg, and then I got, I think it's Endor. Yeah, it is. Um, and yeah, it's, it's super just cool. absolutely incredible. I actually have another one that is coming for us. If Amy ever decides to pick it up from the girl that I was telling you about earlier, she got one when she went to cool. Disneyland. Because I didn't think I was going to get to do a pass holder preview, so I was like, I have no idea when I'm going to get at these. Yeah, but yeah. We'll, we'll keep two. It'll be great. Um, but I had these Batu bites, and the first thing I did, it was great. So they're these little purple. They're actually meringue. Super sweet. And then there is this uh, delicious, it was almost like a chutney sauce. Um, 
that went with it. So the first thing I did was take one of these purple things that I didn't know was sweet and dip it in the chutney and just, you know, shove it in my mouth. It ended up being super delicious, but I was like, mm, that was definitely <laughs> the wrong thing to do. And then they had, it was like a bunch of root vegetables that were all like sliced really thin, made into chips. Some had some spice on them. It was like basically like Star Wars trail mix. It was amazing, but I couldn't finish it because it was nine in the morning and I had two drinks in me. So I was like sharing it with everyone. I was like, here, try some here. Mm. And then there was one of the drinks is a like like a flight of beer. And it's I can't remember what it's called. But it's like the tooth the teeth of whatever that animal is. And there are four of them and it's massive and it was like a hundred bucks and I wanted it. Wild. Do you get the flight holder? You get you, you literally get the whole thing. Hold on. Oh no shit. Beer flight. I don't know if I have service out here. Ah, it is the uh, Rancor Tooth Beer Flight, and they're apparently sold out for the summer. Hmm. Um. But yeah, super cool. And each of those teeth come out individually, and you get the whole thing. And it looks like wood, but it's it's real heavy. And I right. I was tempted to get it, but I was like, nope, I'm gonna get my porg. I'm going to get my Endor mug. I yep. got this. And yeah, it was absolutely amazing. I wish they had more food there, but it's definitely for the drinks. And they had this one drink that was like the blue milk with this cookie on top. That was cool that I got a picture of because it looked really awesome, but I didn't want to order that because I wanted to get my alcohol at nine o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then I did yep. not drink the blue or the green milk because by the time I got back out from doing the Millennium Falcon uh, Smuggler's Run and drinking my alcohol at Olga's and eating my food at where did I eat? What is it called? The the little barbecue place? No. There's Ronto Roasters and it then there's Ronto Roasters. It was the other one. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for actually right now. Um it's funny that you say that because that's because we there, had the same place. Oh docking base it's docking base seven. Yes, docking base seven. Um and then I was just food. way too hot that I was like, I can't handle another beverage. I'm going to Magic Kingdom. And then I got pictures of me in my little R2-D2 dress in front of... The Falcon? No, Cinderella's Castle. Oh, yeah. But also, but so that being said, th- so they have some pretty cool photo pass oppor- opportunities there, if I can say it. Um, there was no one doing photo pass pictures in front of the Millennium Falcon when I was there. I had a cast member take my pictures, though. Oh, nice. Well, they, uh, they have one... one photo sh- spot that's up near the uh, the dock and bay seven restaurant that we had where we're doing like the force and then we had like a porg on our hand you got the one with the x-wing fighters in the sky which is pretty cool and she's flexing and shit i've seen couples like yeah, that was amazing. being like you know told to kind of duck and cover kind of shit or you know what's that noise um there's a cool one that's i like was a-, a droid so i was celebrating in triumph there you go there's the uh full 360 uh, aerial shot that they can get which it looks pretty rad yeah like the one they do in magic kingdom yeah and then there's like the 3D fishbowl-y one from like the sphere. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That was the one I was thinking of. Oh. Not the other one's like the zoom one where it zooms in real fast. Yeah, it's pretty rad. It's pretty good shit. And uh, it's it's amazing too if you get a t- chance to go to Doc Ondor's uh, deck, Den of, Den of Antiquities. Jesus, if I can say that. Um, it's incredible. Uh, the animatronic the animatronic for that, for the Doc Ondor's, remarkable. Uh, just so lifelike, detailed movements, everything about him, the noises he makes, and the place is full of a bunch of Star Wars stuff that you'll go in there and just lose your mind and all the stuff that they have. They have heads of animals on the walls. Uh, there's a couple Easter eggs. One of the Easter eggs, which I'm going to spoil, is uh, 
Don't spoil it. You're shaking your head now. Don't do it. Okay, I won't do it. Just hint at it like you hinted to me. Yeah, it's a George Lucas film reference that's in there. There's several of them hiding. Um, but just in general, just the cool stuff in there. And then uh, you get a chance to go into, well, I guess speaking of the audio animatronics too, the one inside the Millennium Falcon of Hondo Anaka is incredible. His movements, the sound, I mean, just everything is just remarkable. The whole stage setup of the space is pretty cool. They have a screen in the background that's kind of like a window looking into the docking bay where the Falcon comes in and lands, and Chewie is flying the Falcon at that point. Like, just some incredible stuff. Uh, but just overall, I think what's going to be fun is just as this place grows and the story goes, um, it's going to always be an evolving land because right now it's in between the space of uh, Episode 8 and Episode 9. So a lot of the major things that could potentially happen in episode nine say kylo ren dies is he gonna no no longer be in the park well i mean darth vader is still in the park i know but this is also a land so i, I thought about that so i'd be kind of curious to see how this whole thing works and uh i don't know i know we're uh we wanted to talk a lot about this space but we also kind of wanted just to highlight some stuff because we are going to be revisiting here on this sunday taking the kids for the first time well my daughter's already been but my son has not been yet and we're all super excited to get to take him for his first time and experience this and it's have, amazing. have can't wait. fucking blast and get him to ride the Falcon and fly it too. And it's going to be pretty cool. And I just know that when this uh, Rise of Resistance ride opens up in December here, it's going to change the the whole level, uh, whatever you want to call it, gauge, whatever, for uh, theme park rides. It's going to be just insane and I can't fucking wait for it. So, anything else you want to include in here? Yeah, food. Duh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the food. The food was really good. So, uh, I'm looking at the menu, and it actually looks like the braised shack roast, they increased the price on it, because I don't remember spending $19 on that. I'm pretty sure it was only 16 when I got it. Hmm. But it was super delicious. Uh, it took... It was really hard deciding what to get here. And I was like, you'll be back soon. You'll be back soon. It's okay. <laughs> get yeah. one thing. And then I had to get something that you didn't have. So... That we had different things to talk about because it was between that and then the yob shrimp noodle salad because it was chilled shrimp and marinated noodles and vegetables and that also sounded insanely amazing. But the braised shack roast was phenomenal. So it was pot roast with cavatelli pasta, wilted kale and mushrooms and it was a little salty but so is everything at Disney. <laughs> um, it was so tender and so delicious and I wish there were more mushrooms because they were super amazing because they had been soaking in the broth and it was phenomenal. And then the pasta. Oh. So normally I like my pasta al dente. This this pasta was overdone, but it was overdone because it had just been sitting in the broth. So it was extra delicious pasta. Nice. And yeah, it was super amazing. And there were even little teeny tiny onions and they did a really good job. And then I got both of the desserts. Hell yeah. Because I wanted to talk about them. And the chocolate one had a little too much white chocolate mousse for me. I'm not a super huge fan of white chocolate. But the dark chocolate mousse portion of it was super delicious. And then there was a raspberry one. And the raspberry one, um, they have names. They do. So you know what to get. It can't recognize my face in front of the mic. Um, so dessert, they had the Batu Bon, which is the chocolate one. So it was chocolate case cake white chocolate mousse and coffee custard sorry so it wasn't chocolate mousse it was coffee custard but with the chocolate cake it tasted chocolatey and it was delicious mm -hmm. um and then the oi oi puff was raspberry cream puff and passion fruit mousse and both of them were really good but the strawberry one i mean the raspberry one was 
if you confuse raspberry and strawberry, I figured I'd do the same. Yep. Um, <laughs> but the raspberry cream puff was, I think it was just better for me because it wasn't as sweet. Mm-hmm. And I was really hot and super dehydrated and <laughs> it yeah. just tasted better to me in the moment. If I had milk, I know you're like, why? Um, with the chocolate one, it would have been a thousand times better. But both of them had this like green sponge cake on it that was supposed to look like moss on interesting. them. Interesting. And it was incredible. It really didn't taste like much, but it was a really nice touch. Oh, huh, interesting. Like a crumble on there? Mm-hmm. Neat. We uh we had the uh the roasted Andorian tip yip salad, which was fantastic. It's a marinated chicken with mixed greens, roasted seasonal vegetables, quinoa pumpkin seeds, and green curry ranch. Uh, it tasted like it had yucca. Maybe was the was a seasonal vegetable. It was a little bit tough, kind of like a potato kind of flavor to it. It was really good. It was almost like a, like a steamed carrot texture. Little little so like a turnip on the crunchy. Yeah, maybe a turnip. It was. Yeah, that could have been. It was really really good. And we also got the flushian parsnip. Yeah, maybe. Flushian garden spread. It's a plant based kefta. Or uh. Oh my god. Taro is also a re- that one. That Are we gonna go down the list of all of the potential? <laughs> Starchy, root starchy, starchy vegetables. Root vegetables. Well, I was, that just seemed like more of a Star Warsy. Okay. Sorry, continue. It's okay. <laughs> I just so. want to Google them now and just keep listing them off while you're talking. Holy Jesus. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's really hot in here. Keep talking. Yeah, the Flushing Garden spread we had. Uh, plant-based kefta, which I'm not sure what that is. I'll tell you it's about it in a second. Little falafel. Okay. Bits. Herb, Oz. hummus, tomato, cucumber, relish, and pita. Tomato. Tomato. And uh, the... Plant-based kefta was delicious. They were like little little falafel, falafel balls. Mm-hmm. And uh, the hummus kind of spread that they had in there, the relish and everything together with that pita, you can make a little like wrap out of it because it's almost a, it's a half a pita that, well, no, it's a full pita that they rip in half and they actually rip it so it looks like it's, you know, not done with a knife. That's what get cool. Yeah, it's super cool. Uh, gives it more of a rustic look, I guess. And uh, then we had water, and they have a free water dispensary thing in there. Uh, one thing I did hear, though, is that people are assholes. And uh, just like in Disneyland, they were stealing the sporks from the restaurants and selling them. And so now Disney has taken them away from us now here at Walt Disney World. The metal ones? Yeah. Oh, AJ actually commented. I was wondering why. She said, this is why we can't have nice things in Disney. Oh, did she? And it was because of that story. And she's referring to AJ from uh, Disney Food Blog that uh, we pay a lot of attention to. But uh, yeah, so I, I, there's a lot of stuff there I want to do still and see, and we haven't gone at night yet, so we got to see it at night, which we're going to be doing on Sunday. Uh, we do have a potential tropical storm slash depression thingy heading back here again, like we had Dorian a couple weeks ago on our, uh, we ran into kind of sort of, not really on the way down from Massachusetts. And uh, yeah, so it's been a fun couple weeks here as we get settled in, but we do appreciate you all taking your time and listening to other episodes we've done and being patient waiting for this new one to come out. And then on our next episode, we're going to get back into the routine during our This Day in Disney, uh, covering some things going on in the parks with To Infinity and Beyond. If I can say that again, To Infinity and Beyond. And uh, you said it fine the first time. No? I felt like I stumbled over it. But And then we're also going to follow up with our next vacation slash trip to Batu and talk about it. And uh, other than that, uh, anything else, Julie, you want to talk about or say or what have you? No, I really want to get out of this garage. Yay, okay. podcasting. Sweet. Woo. Going on our first date night here. A little behind the scenes thing. So we're super stoked. Time to shower and get dressed and head to Disney Springs to try all the things that they have now <laughs> available. <laughs> that rhymed. I like it. <laughs>
So until next time, uh, if you want to go follow us on the social media, you can find us on Instagram at F yeah underscore Disney. Uh, we'll have all the links for all the stuff we've talked about in the show notes as well. And you can also find Julie out there in podcast world at One Little Spice. Go check out her and Amy's podcast to do a Disney food kind of uh, covering restaurants and things and tips and tricks. We are the Disney food podcast that isn't afraid to send you into the taste lab. There you go. Obviously. Little thing that reference there. Yes. And if you want to find me out there as well in the podcast world, my show is called A Glass Blower's Companion. Uh, just started season five here. And uh, we'll have all again those links in the show notes. And until next time, as the great Walt Disney once said, if you believe in a thing, believe in it all the way. Mortals pay a token fee. Rest in peace, the hauntings free. So hurry back, we would like your company. Be sure to bring your death certificate.